my pants. Ugh. Damn it. I don't get it. A podcast about contemporary dance in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, <laughs> the world, <laughs> every soul, the universe. Yeah. Uh, I'm Paul. I'm Fonda. Um, and uh, and happy Thanksgiving. Yes, it happy is, Thanksgiving. It is this day we're recording this on on Thanksgiving Sunday. Um, yes. We're thankful for dance. We are thankful for dance. We actually saw some pretty cool dance. Pretty actually like physically crazy dance. Yeah, yeah, we saw some pretty. Uh, Physically impressive uh, stuff, uh, which was part of the Brian Webb Dance Company season, uh, a show called Solitude Solo. Uh, Fonda, who brought this here? What is this? Well, Brian Webb brought it here. Okay. But it's yeah. a, uh, it is a, a piece of eight solos that um, brought by Daniel Levaillé. Ah. Um, and I think that you actually got to talk to Daniel. I did. I did. I was lying when I said I didn't know who got <laughs> this here um, or suggested that. Um, yeah, uh, he is uh, an acclaimed Montreal choreographer. Uh, his work uh, often tours Europe. Uh, and he often works with nudity um, as, as part of it. This one uh, wasn't quite as, as naked as his previous works, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was underwear. There was, uh, yeah, there was, there was some nudity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and there wasn't much clothing. But, um, yeah, that was part of it. He likes to watch, uh, as part of his, his dance and his choreography, he likes to watch and show, I guess, uh, the body actually uh, functioning, the muscles functioning, um, all of the the sort of physical side of, of pulling off the feats of movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of his other works is called Anatomy of the Imperfection, which is kind of interesting because uh, watching these solos, you really got a very um, interesting view of the body and like they all, the dancers all had different body types and yeah you got you got to really appreciate them doing some very physical uh, very physical very virtuosic movement in uh, and and mostly. Um, nude. Yeah, um, this was like the CrossFit of contemporary dance, <laughs> uh, in the sense of um, it was all of it was. It's to me seemed like very big power moves. Um, it wasn't uh, necessarily a very fluid show in the sense of uh, the actual pieces themselves, the eight uh, dances, which were done by five dancers. Um, they they uh, they would often sort of go from move to move. A dancer would mm-hmm. sort of do do an action and then literally leap to another spot on stage and pause and do another action so yeah what i found interesting was there was no actual i finally figured out the word perambulation around the stage there was can you define perambulation okay so there was no walking or moving around the space yes per se Mm -hmm. they were like like you just said jumping or leaping or in some cases lunge leaping um from spot to spot and they like one of the signature moves that they all all eight solos uh had was sort of like the jumping pencil turn okay yeah yeah and uh and they would land like so flat-footed no knee bend nothing and like i was watching so many of them thinking ow 
Oh, God. Like, I don't want to know what their knees look like. Right. And one of the interesting things um, that by design, um, not all the moves were 100% pulled off. Uh, I know, and in, in, in from talking to the choreographer um, and, and reading about his work um, and things like the anatomy of imperfection, is the idea of imperfection is big for him. He wants the choreography to be at such a level that it's not going to land perfectly every night because he thinks there's uh, something to gain from that, from watching... Uh, uh, the sort of human element of people trying to do these feats, which are, are very difficult, um, even for professional dancers, even for, for people who've been touring this show for years, that they're not going to land every night. So there were times you watched there was, you know, it would be a sequence of spins and, you know, someone would sort of stumble at part of it and then uh, just immediately pick up again. Yeah. Um, but but there were sort of those that you were led into that. It was, it was virtuosic, as you said, but it wasn't... Um, uh, it wasn't always uh, hitting 100%, which was an interesting uh, dynamic to watch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It never really seemed clumsy, but it no. seemed, mm -hmm. I guess, clunky might be a word that I would use. Because when they would land, they would land hard. You could hear them. Um, and even some of like the... There, they, the, I, I think it was in the last two or three pieces where they did the weird sort of, they were planking on their elbows. Yeah. And then they would swing their whole body kind of like around a radius and make yeah. a clock sort so of So like, like a torso would move, then the legs would move, then a torso would move, and the legs would move. Yeah, and, and they would almost like jump around in this sort of like, kind of like planking half circle thing and it was right. it, it looked like it hurt yeah oh yeah there was tons of stuff that was like how do you mm -hmm. how do you uh, unwind like how do you war cool down from this show like mm -hmm. how do you take care of your body yeah um fonda uh these were all solos you know we watched people sort of dancing one by one how do you feel that um what that does for for the relationship uh between performer and audience if i can put it in such uh hackneyed terms where where it's we're watching one person do these things which mm -hmm. sometimes they're very difficult and sometimes they're succeeding and sometimes they're they're not yeah i think that the solos particularly in this show it just really lended a sense of intimacy the the dancers in the piece were actually looking out at the audience mm -hmm. almost the entire time which is kind of rare there's not even in other solo performances you don't often see dancers looking at the audience yeah. or addressing the audience kind of in that mm -hmm. way in a way it felt like sort of like watch this like mm -hmm. hey w look at look, look, look at, at me do this <laughs> yeah in, in a way not not as like as as like like cool dude is that but it was just like i'm doing this thing for you like mm -hmm. you were you were not in an uncomfortable way but you were aware that they were aware of you yeah mm -hmm. um, in that space yeah they, yeah you felt you know it was kind of in a lot of ways, felt like a bit of a conversation. You know, you mm -hmm. you're, you're watching them do something, and you kind of go, "Oh, okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That looked interesting." And then they kind of look at you and do something else. Yeah, yeah, and that was yeah, that was part of it because it was sort of broken up, and they would often be looking at you in between these big moves or these these sort of pencil turns or jumps. It mm -hmm. sort of felt like you were constantly being checked in with as yeah. an audience. Yeah, or and then they would actually do a lot of it facing the back as well. They would mm -hmm. do a movement facing front. They'd stop look out and then they would pivot pivot yeah. turn back and do it again and it kind of lent a different of course you got to see their amazing muscular backs oh my uh, <laughs> doing doing another movement but then yeah you know you kind of watch it a little bit differently when you don't feel you're engaging with the person necessarily mm -hmm. um and they had these really um, all of the solos used these beautiful moments of suspension where they were either very slowly kind of falling or just moving very kind of like a little bit to emphasize you know how 
how a certain kind of like sculptural position looked. Yeah, in a way, yeah, there was lots of moments that felt sculptural um, because sort of we were in uh, very little clothing, so you're seeing the body on full display. Um, some of the moves were very slow, which isn't to say they weren't difficult or powerful, but um, there were sort of these almost poses in that way. Like it, it felt like in a way you could have like brought in an art class and been like, and they're going to hold this for five minutes. Here's your five minute mm -hmm. pose, you know, yeah, of and the man slowly and falling. just a little movement to it right yeah so yeah i mean there's a great um one of sort of the signatures that they had as well was there would be they'd almost be like laying on the floor in a full split but their the, their torso and arms are suspended just inches off the floor and they're they hold this position like it looks like they're about to fall yeah but it was one of those things you watched and your mouth slowly opened as you watched <laughs> and you're like oh my god um, like i wonder what his calves feel like right now <laughs> yeah exactly um uh, let's talk about the music, maybe, as, as something that... Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the music, because you said that when you interviewed uh, the choreographer, that he had he had a, a, some interesting points about the music. Sure, yeah. Um, so so all of these were set to uh, uh, Bach's violin sonatas, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So there was, there was a very sort of singular uh, musical tone to it. Um, and, and the choreographer talked about um, music isn't part of the creation process. It's sort of added in afterwards um, while he's working. It's sort of, it's not, uh, the movement isn't based or connected to the music, but uh, if, if he had his way, his druthers, um, he would he would perform these in silence, but there's something about silence when we're watching movement like this that feels too dramatic, that sort of uh, makes it feel awkward. You sort of need that um, some level of sound, so you're not just hearing someone like pant and leap mm -hmm. and their body crack. Maybe it was just yeah. a couple of like, ankles cracking. <laughs> you but. need a little bit of a carrier <laughs> for this kind of stuff. But uh, also, I didn't really feel that the music actually matched what was going on. No. Um, it was, uh, so box violin solos are, you know, amazing pieces of music. They're all like so solos as well. Yeah. Um, and they're all just kind of like, you know, a certain a certain length. So I kind of, I think it lent a little bit of maybe consistency to the, sure. to the solos. But also, um, I know that. The, when the choreographer said the music was a little bit more of an afterthought, as soon as I heard the music, I thought, wow, this is actually perfect for this right. show yeah. because it's these solos and it's really like, uh, yeah, and they're all quite different too, the, mm -hmm. the sonatas. So. I, one thing I found really interesting was they wouldn't, um, it, they didn't, all start at the same time. So sometimes mm -hmm. there'd be a few minutes of movement and then just as someone lands a jump or something, the, the violin would kick in sort of after these these blocks of, of silence or, or, you know, it would end just before someone finished their movement. So they would keep doing those movements mm -hmm. and then someone else would come out. So I found, yeah, that, that lack of lining up was really interesting and sometimes lent a move or a moment a lot of drama. Mm -hmm. I always kind of wonder what the stage manager's notes look like on a performance like this because there are certain times when the music is supposed to start and, and there are times that I don't even know what a, like I would have as a note saying, you know, like, well, he lifts his arm up and, the <laughs> right, and yeah. you know, press play. Yeah, uh, he planks forever mm -hmm. and then when he pivots, yeah. what did kick you, it. What did you think of the last, the last musical piece um, being included oh yeah oh yeah and then after after this this sort of uh ubiquitous um sonatas there was a, a ukulele cover of somewhere over the rainbow <laughs> yeah that, i don't know um uh, i guess on one hand it sort of lent the piece uh, a conclusive sense like if you didn't know there were eight solos it was like oh the music changed this is probably the last one it's sort of like a finality song <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> but at the same time i mean it just sort of felt 
tacked on, I guess, more so than than the violin pieces, which sort of through their um, uh, through their their consistency, uh, sort of gave the show a very particular tone. Mm-hmm. This one just sort of felt like uh, add in a closing song. Yeah, a song that sort of everyone kind of knows. You mm-hmm. know, it's this ukulele cover that like I'm pretty sure that I've heard a million times sure, before. Yeah. But um, and I also I just felt odd that it had lyrics and not only lyrics of any kind but English lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of expected it to be like you know a French love song or something. Sure, if yeah, anything. yeah. But um, in terms of the casting, so there's. Five dancers yep. uh, d- doing eight solos, and four men and one woman. What did mm-hmm. you think of the casting and the difference between the um, bodies? It, it was interesting to watch. Um, uh, uh, all of the, the choreography um, had... Uh, felt like it was variations on some of the same ideas. So there were some movements that showed up in all of the pieces or what felt like all of the pieces, um, certain motions. But um, uh, So it was interesting to see different bodies perform those motions, I guess, on, on one hand and, and sort of see how a very uh, tall and, and lanky body does it versus someone who's a little more um, sturdy and short uh, versus uh, a masculine body or a feminine body. Um, yeah, I think that was um, that was what stood out for me. Also, I guess all of them sort of had what I would call like a character move, uh, in that there would uh, there would sort of be like one one character sort of the through line of their piece where they would sort of gyrate their hips at certain points, you know, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. or one person would sort of strike like a like a shooting duck on roller skates pose, like one <laughs> leg kicked out and like fist arms up. Um, so so yeah, that was uh, that was what struck me about that. I guess was sort mm-hmm. of we got to see different bodies do these these similar movements and watch the similarities in those bodies and see the differences as well. Yeah. I think one of the things that, um, because they all had such si- similar choreography, similar movements that they were all using, the one time that the female dancer was doing it, you saw how the movement changed uh, for her body because mm-hmm. the female center of gravity is so different than than men. So when she was doing the sort of like duck-like, you know, like boxer pose. Shooting, shooting um, duck. Yeah. yeah, but she, she, I felt like she was able to get lower and a, a totally different type of position than sure. the guys were because they would you know their their shoulders would just have to pull them in a certain way basically mm-hmm. yeah if i had if i had a, a a gripe with this show i felt like um the one thing with uh with the so many dancers doing uh variations on the same thing uh they uh there was sort of a level of um uh, sameness to it all after a while like they were all impressive feats and it was interesting to see these things happen with uh, bodies there's a bug running on the microphone right now Ew. I wonder if you can hear it um, <laughs> there's a uh, yeah so there was uh, after a while it was sort of felt like uh, more of the same uh, would mm. be uh, would be a thing and it was interesting to watch these different bodies go through that but it was also like um, uh, very similar at times there were times when I'd find after after about the fourth solo where I would uh, sort of recognize what was going on and and feel myself checking out a little bit. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I know what this is now. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Oh, and I'm back. I'm watching I'm back. it. Again. Oh yeah. yeah. And okay. now they're doing the plank thing yeah. again. Yeah. I am so back. Or in. they just jumped and landed really loudly. Oh, I'm back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I felt like that sameness was both um, probably by design and part of what was being explored, but wasn't always um, uh, the most engaging way of uh, of approaching a piece like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I think I have to agree a little bit. And also, I felt that some of the performers I 
I felt the conversation was a little bit better. Sure. You know, you, like you our like performer audience conversation. Yeah, yeah. I had um I, I just felt more engaged with um a couple of them, particularly the one curly haired guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had he had like great jumps and like really he was also did the hip thing too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So well that was Solitude Solo. Mm-hmm. Um we, we, we it was it was pretty cool. Do you yeah. think you got it? I like uh yeah, I think I got it. Um, <laughs> there were points when I I got it to the point when I was like, all right, I get it. Um, and I, I, I sort of checked out a bit, but I certainly got it. And there was um, a very impressiveness to what was going on, as you, you used the word virtuosic. And uh, that certainly came came through in, in the motion, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was super athletic. It didn't feel really graceful or pretty mm-hmm. at, at any time. But um, yeah, it, you definitely got an appreciation for the, um, the bodies and kind of what they were going through. Yeah. Truly. Cool. Okay, so we've got a lot of dance coming up. Yeah, it's yeah. Like crazy, crazy times. It's always like the once the fall kicks in, post Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. we are we are rock and rolling. Yeah. So um, first up, I guess at the end of the month here, we've got um, Ben Camino is visiting uh, Mile Zero Dances Space mm-hmm. Spacio Performativo. Yeah. Um, and he's coming on October twenty third and twenty fourth. And I just have to say that the press photos for that look really cool. He's got wild hair and like some big beast growl face going on so. beast growl face <laughs> yeah. go for the beast growl face yeah. stay for the dance Super um, cool. after that uh city ballet edmonton's uh sort of independent ballet company is doing a show called enigma uh which is based on the music of leonard cohen um mm. that's happening at the tim's center on october 30th and november 1st maybe they're gonna try and give alberta ballet a run for their money doing like you know the musicians contemporary Just ballet like a west side <laughs> story like a pop ba- ballet dance-off like, <laughs> with I'm, leonard I'm, cohen music <laughs> dance me to the end of love great um uh what's coming up after that uh, after that speaking of alberta ballet uh paul taylor dance company is coming and they're playing uh as part of the alberta ballet season at the jubilee on november 6th and 7th uh i'm really excited about that show why uh, because i don't think they've ever been here before right. and paul taylor is one of the kind of seminal modern dance uh choreographers uh in america and uh, yeah uh if we want to talk about the difference between modern and contemporary dance one which more time. we do um <laughs> modern and during the, the like pre Pomo era, right? Modern yeah. dance. Um, yeah, he's, he's the guy. He Paul Taylor. Paul Taylor was a contemporary and a student of Martha Graham and such and such. So I think that should be pretty cool. Great. And then we have uh, Convergence Good Women Dance's uh, annual showcase show uh, happening November twenty sixth to twenty eighth at Le Uni Teatre. The Good Women have actually announced that they're having a full season this yeah, year. It's like their first time that they're ha- presenting a full season right. of work. I believe there's sort of five shows that are sort of encapsulated in that convergence being one of them and then uh, a couple others uh, in the spring which are all sort of packed in with varying uh, either co-productions with companies uh, or or uh, what's cooking or other things they're doing yeah so that's so that's neat so congrats on that good women on having the season drop I like y'all s drop <laughs> okay um yeah so thanks everyone for listening and uh, yeah we hope you're doing real well go watch some dance bye bye 
I Don't Get It is a podcast produced by Poglina, Fonda Mithrush, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded in a blanket fort in the Tall House on Alberta Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta. Our website is idontgetitdance.com. You can follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance, and you can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Follow his music and check him out at ghibli.bandcamp.com. Sitting here thinking.